0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times.
1: It is the end of 2019 and this is the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm Jonathan Roberts and I'm joined by Chow Suan. Hello. Hello. Are you you in some kind of post-Christmas malaise? Are you still off with the fairies for your Christmas fun?
0: Just because you hate Christmas. Anyway,
1: moving on. This week, it's the end of 2019, as I said at the top. And this is where we do our best and worst of the year. <clears throat> e- you've got e- come Not on. Not quite worst, because I don't think we've
0: seen everything there is to see, but just most disappointing.
1: Most disappointing. All right, that's a bit more justified. Before we get to that, we have two new movies to review. One is out now. One is coming out in the very first week of January. Uh, Both animal themes Both got animal titles And each one falls into the best and worst category For you, yes So let's do the first one It's the one that's had the most critical kicking of the year, I think Cats The movie of the musical Everyone hates it Apparently so Uh, no, okay, look, admittedly I went into this, I went to see the premiere, and I wanted to keep an open mind because I felt that some of the things that people were saying about how bad it is were all a bit petty, really. Uh, Most of the criticism came from the fact that these special effects in which all the actors and actresses are kind of CGI'd into humanoid cats, a lot of people were making a big thing of it, oh, it's like a nightmare, it's the Uncanny Valley. I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. Anyway, that's not the problem because after watching it, oh wow, it's got a whole mass of problems.
0: Yeah, I remember when you first came out of it, you were like, Congratulations, cats, for making me hate music or something. To like an that.
1: extent, yeah. No, it, it, oh. I've not seen the musical before. And when I left this movie, I honestly thought this could kill the musical. If, if people saw it, they're never going to want to see it on stage. Uh, I mean, Cats is a long-running musical. It's a classic. Pretty much 40 years' worth of sellout shows. I was willing to overlook the look of the cats, the overall look of them. I was, it could even live with the inconsistency regarding the clothes, including one scene where a cat, played by Rebel Wilson, peels off her fur to reveal a dress and fur underneath. But I was willing to... I thought, fine, it's a fantasy. You know, I I could bear with the disregard for proportions. So the proportion of the cats is all over the place. So, like, sometimes they're cat-sized or would be what a cat size is in relation to things. Sometimes they're as big as a mouse. Sometimes they're back to human size. But, again, it's a fantasy. I could overlook it. I think it's a level of hubris in that this is a long-running musical and, therefore, what works on stage would work on the screen.
0: But I feel like that's missing the point, because the point of Cats, the musical, is it's meant to be a fun musical. It's one, meant to be one of those that you go in, you have fun, you sing along. It's not meant to be Les Mis, or, you know, it's, it's not meant to be serious. It's, it's meant no, to be... it doesn't have to enjoy. be
1: serious. I know some of these are set for comic reasons, but I think it's that what works for stage, such as, I mean, there's one bit where one cat comes out and he does a tap dance, a tap dance, because he's a station cat, to the rhythm of a train. Now, if you watch that live, you know that guy has got to get that rhythm right. There's something of skills, uh, you know, a spectacular thing. On film, it's just essentially a lot of flapping legs and clacking sounds. There's no connection between the skill. You know, it could just be sound overlaid, and that's mm. what it seems like. The plot for what it is, we follow this young cat called Victoria, who is thrown into world cats as the viewer is, with very little explanation. Some cats come along and say, oh, what's your name? Because the cat has three names. And she says, oh, I'm Victoria. This is uh, Victoria, played by this newcomer called Francesca Haywood. And then we never find out anything more about what those three names are. Judy Dench plays Old Deuteronomy, who's like the queen of these jellicle cats, and I'll get to jellicle cats later. She holds this jellical ball, in which case, one cat, will be chosen to go to the heaviside layer, which essentially, from what I can work out, means that they die and get reincarnated into the cat that they feel that would be a better life for them. You look nonplussed. You look, oh? Uh, I thought you've seen the musical. I have seen
0: it, no, but I'm just, yeah.
1: Does this not scan with you? No, it does. <laughs> And so these cats kind of come out and they do like a, some X-Factor thing. It's like, you know, oh, this is my sub-story. Please vote me forward. You know, it's an X-Factor stroke American Idol, the one with the biggest sub-story goes through, it seems.
0: I'm just trying to imagine all that on the screen and it just seems... A mess? A bit weird.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, there's Idris Elba, who's the evil cat called Macavity, who's like, for some reason, got magical powers you know, he's able to apparate and and take cats away. No other cat seems to have this ability. And then, you know, these cats come out and sing their songs. One of the songs is Memory. And this is the most well-known song from cats. And there's a very good reason why it's the most well-known song from cats. It's because it's one of the only songs in the entire thing that doesn't say the word cats ever 80,000 times, every verse. That, that is true. Because from the start, and this is where the jellical things in. it's, it's jellical cats. Jellical cats. I've got no idea what a jellical cat is. Again, they've got to realise this is cinema. It's not like you can buy a programme with a little précis of what the play's about, which would help. Anyway, you you, you're thrown into this, and then they just turn over, and they start saying a jellical cat, a jellical cat, a jellical cat, jellical cat, jellical cat. But the problem is, is because the sound mix is so off, and you can't quite tell what they're saying. Angelical is not a word. You're just like Jelly Cole, Jelly Cole, Jelly Co. What is it? What's it was it Jelly? Co-? Is it is a is it a breed of cat? What is it? It's only towards the very end that Jane, Dame Judy Dench explains what a Jelly is. But yeah, the sound I mean, if you can read Chinese subtitles and you're watching in Singapore, fantastic, because you'll know what's going on. Otherwise, there are moments where you cannot understand a damn word that's coming out of people's mouths. Especially when they sing as a group. It's like, oh. uh, and then the cats turned It's just noise. Yeah, it's unintelligible right. noise. And you, you, I spent a lot of it straining trying to work out, what are you saying? Yeah, because there's no other words in this. And
0: also, like, an ensemble doesn't work in film.
1: You may have had a 40-year run on both sides of the Atlantic and on other places as well. Those numbers will not stack up Compared to the amount of people who go see a film It's true There are so many issues with this I I think the key thing is memory But when it comes on uh, Jennifer Hudson sings that Memory You do it so much better than I do Um, She comes out She does it to such a level Such a brilliant, brilliant level That it makes you realise just how much The rest of it has just been people singing words to music She gives it everything Tears snot the whole lot. Those words mean things to her. The words to everybody else are just words in a song to a tune. I hope everyone else in the cast and crew re- watched that and said, Oh, that's how we're meant to have been doing it.
0: Too late for that.
1: Yeah. So, I, so would I,
0: you say she's probably like the only redeeming factor for you?
1: The one and only redeeming oh. factor in this. Ouch. I think, but I think the difference has to be made between. How can I put it? This is a film of the musical Cats. What it should have been is a movie based on the musical Cats. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a story. You can still have the main story of it, but it needs to be introduced.
0: It's a star-studded cast that didn't get very well used. So
1: you've got Rebel Wilson and James Corden, but they seem like comic relief. Then you've got Ian McKellen.
0: But you've got people who can sing.
1: But you've also got people who are all acting in different films. And it doesn't help that Tom Hooper's direction is something that caters better to a stage play. Hmm. So even when you've got Mr. Mistopheles, the magical cat, he's he's a magical cat, so he does magical things. But even the magic that you're shown is stuff that could be achieved in a stage production hmm. rather than a CGI slathered movie. It doesn't Basically seem Basically, not work. for cinema. This is one of the few films that I've known of that has announced that a better version is coming out to cinemas, that they've basically given a patch to Cats. So at some point, if they manage to get it over here as well, you'll see Cats 2.0, which has got slightly better rendered effects. And the effects are, are an issue because he's decided to go for handheld. And I'm sure his CGI team loved him for that because... Or the camera keeps on moving and they've got to map these cat bodies to the movement. Sounds and horrible. sometimes a head goes one way and a face goes the other. Oh, it, it's kind of floaty and none more so than when you see the mice. The mice are like played by children. And they are just, okay, those are a bit more freaky because it's just like children's faces floating on these mouse bodies. That is horrible. And yet, and yet, I would say, go see this. Okay, it's not so bad, it's good, and I don't think it's at a level yet where you'll have people going in and laughing and singing along and making fun of it, kind of like Rocky Horror thing. Yeah. I don't think it's at that level, but yeah, if you're fascinated by film at all, go have a look at this, because it's...
0: Go, go see how it shouldn't be done. Yeah. So that, So I'm assuming that's in your most disappointing, yes?
1: Oh, hugely, yeah.
0: So what about... The other one you're talking about, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit.
1: Okay, this is the good one. And this is one that I can't really talk too much about because I don't want to give anything away. This is a film by Taika Waititi, who, of course, directed Thor Ragnarok to such a great extent that he basically rebooted the character. He's translated that Marvel heft that he now has into creating this project that he's had on the burner for a while. No studio would touch it because it's the story of a young Nazi whose imaginary friend is Hitler.
0: Oh, I I kind of got the shivers, but it sounds fascinating.
1: It is. It is. So it's set in, uh, towards the end of World War II, it's set in Germany in a small town. Of course, Nazis are in charge. And there's a young boy called Jojo. He's excited because he's joining the Hitler Youth, which was, of course, this kind of young Nazis division. He's, he lives with his mum, played by Scarlett Johansson. So Scarlett Johansson, the wonderful Scarlett Johansson. She's incredible. She she's dances on a in role. this as well, and she's wonderful. She's amazing in this. I'm excited. Um, she's on a roll. Yeah.
0: Girl so can't be stopped.
1: Taika Waititi has an amazing skill at finding brilliant young actors. So for Hunt for the Wilderpeople, which is the film he did before, Thor Ragnarok, he found Julian Dennison. Julian Dennison, that you may remember from Deadpool 2. He was the kid from there. Uh, he finds brilliant child actors. And in uh, this young boy, Roman Griffith Davis, he's got a boy who's able to act with a slight German accent. Everyone's Everyone puts on the slight German accent for this one. It's kind of a comedy. It is. I mean, this is a balance between heart and humour. It's, it's such a fine balancing act and Taika Waititi does it brilliantly. So he's being inducted into the Hitler Youth and he believes all the awful things they say about jewish people because of course the jewish people are being persecuted at this time now whilst he's being told that you know they they can read your mind and they do all these evil evil things uh he discovers that his mom has been hiding a young jewish girl in the house at which point he doesn't know whether to tell his mum, he doesn't know what to do his imaginary friend of hitler played by taika waititi himself because as he points out Nobody really wanted to say he got the gig to play Hitler. It's a bit of a hard gig to play these days. His imaginary friend obviously wants to kick them out. But this is where Jojo learns balance in his life. And it goes on from there. You've got a really star-studded cast. You've got Sam Rockwell, who seems to be cornering the market in racists. He <laughs> There are so many instances re- recently that he's playing bigots and racists. It's, it's amazing, from three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri, to... Uh, Best of enemies and all this. stuff. anyway, he plays uh, a Nazi commander who has been sent from the front because he damaged his eye, and he's basically having to look after the Hitler Youth there. And Stephen Merchant plays a plays a Gestapo officer, and especially with when Merchant comes along, it's it shows this um, the mundanity of evil that you know these bureaucrat people will go along with anything. If, the, if there's a path upwards I would say, I can't really say much more about this it's it's really funny it will make you cry because it made me cry <laughs> it was heartbreaking in parts but it's not a grim journey I would urge you to go see it it's got quite a low rating I believe it's just PG-13 it's quite low It is not. do not be going in expecting some kind of Schindler's List thing It it balances the light with the heavy And if it was coming out just a week earlier, this would be my film of 2019. Really? Yeah. I I think I've not seen anything that throws so much into a mix and walks such a fine line between bad taste and uh, what could be mawkish as well. It's just brilliant. And of course, Taika Waititi uses music so superbly. I think this is a film to see and relish and enjoy.
0: It does sound like something I really like despite the kind of controversial subject matter. Yeah. I'll go see it. It does sound fantastic. It Um,
1: is. I urge everyone to see this one because effectively it is my best film of 2019. Wow. So, with that, let's get into our bests and worsts. So, Suanne, what attracted you this year?
0: Okay. So, like before I go into that, I need to start with a caveat. I feel like there are a couple of films that are coming out really late in the year, like Little Women, that I haven't gotten to see, that I'm almost certain would make my list.
1: I've got to say, 2019 has been... It's like 2019 was tipped and all the good films fell to the, the very end of, the, end of it. Because yeah, exactly. we've had a wealth, a wealth of amazing films at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, the past three weeks has been mental. Yeah. Like it's... Yeah, so, you know, Little Women would definitely have been on my list, but I just haven't gotten to see it yet, so... Okay. Um, otherwise, I think, well, I've got quite a lot of the... Films I really like this year. Well, one Netflix one is Marriage Story, easy. It's fantastic. Good acting, beautiful plot, perfect pacing. I mean, if you've listened to our previous podcast, you would know how much we both loved it. And it's really critically acclaimed to, like, everywhere people are just talking about how great it is. Yeah. And it's fantastic. So it's definitely in my best list.
1: And uh, spawning so many memes as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Adam Driver has been on fire. He's fan- just <laughs> doing so well. Him and ScarJo. Another one in my best list is definitely Parasite, mm. the Korean film. So good.
1: Which is only just getting released in place in the West. Oh, so is in it just? The West. <laughs> it seems weird to say in the West. It's only just getting released in the UK and the US, I think. It's only just coming out there. Okay. So it's just kind of people are now realizing, oh, wow. It's
0: fantastic. Like, It's one of the few films I think that I've seen in all my years that I think really employed sound design so perfectly. Like that's mm. a lesson in how to do sound in a film, I think. Okay. It, like even from the opening credits it's just fantastic all the way through and it's honestly it's such a good movie that in preparation for today I actually rewatched it over the weekend and it was as good if not better than the first time. Okay. It, it keeps you on the edge of your seat but it also like with every rewatch it offers more. I think it's beautifully shot. It's, it is very layered. It's so well done. It's fantastic. And then another one would probably be, be between Us, which I think you really like too.
1: Oh, I loved Us. It's really well done it. too. In fact, just relating to Cats, Us does dance the way Cats should have done dance, in that it, it has meaning, it has form, it has a beauty to it, not just a bunch of people jumping around. Flailing. Flailing, flailing yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's, it's so well done. I think, And I think it's one of the films this year that really made people sit up and take notice.
1: Well, of course, it did also send me on a uh, a Mind Palace hunt for whatever that song at the, what, at the end oh, of, yeah. Le Fleur by Minnie Riperton. I didn't know what it was. I missed the end credits. And then I went for a five-hour trawl through my mind trying to pick out what song this could be. <laughs> and when it actually came, oh, man, it was Set such aside. a relief. It was like, I don't know, you know that when, when, a, when a hangover subsides and you feel that warmth and everything feels better again?
0: Yeah, wow kind of like that. That's pretty good That's a pretty yeah. good one And I think my favourite Chick flick of the year Would have to be The Thai film Friendzone I don't know if you've seen it But it's really one of the Probably Best chick That's flicks That's quite I've early seen. on It's like Yeah really at the beginning Of the year But yeah. it was so well done I really like that one I think I've talked about it Before too
1: Yes you reviewed yep. it
0: And of course Another one of my Honourable mentions Is One Cut of the Dead Fantastic film
1: An amazing film shot on a budget, Japanese film. I wish it was more available online. I think it's... Where is it available? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. You've got to I, see I think it in, possibly yeah. Amazon? Was it an Amazon thing? I don't think so. I think. It's very indie. Uh, but, yeah, just a film that... Again, we can't say too much about it. You have to see it to believe it. It's but fantastic. the first half, you're wondering where this is going because it is literally one shot, one cut of a zombie film and there are some questionable scenes in it questionable moments that you think that's an odd choice and then in the second half you find out why those choices happened and I don't know we we only saw it It was a limited screening here yep the applause was real
0: it was ridiculous it was crazy people got up there was like it was and that was
1: before the actual end of it there's one moment in it where the cinema just applauded it was
0: fantastic
1: again that would have been a contender for my best of the year
0: Yeah, it's pretty high up on my list too. I mean, we're talking about how much we both loved it. And it's very rare that we both love a film this much. Yeah. Like, you know, that we both agree. Because you have such awful taste. Debatable. Anyway. Debatable. Okay. But yeah.
1: Okay, so for me, I mean, I'm going to stick with it. Jojo Rabbit is my film of the year. Despite everything else, despite Endgames and all these other things that come out, Jojo Rabbit is the one that does it for me. Film of the year. Honourable mentions... Knives Out is still the most perfectly plotted film I've seen. It's still in cinemas, I think. It is, yeah. Go see it because Ryan Johnson pulls off a blinder there, and of course, it's got real wonderful knitwear. There's. (laughs) And I've even, having seen it again, I've even warmed up to Daniel Craig's accent. I was very dismissive of it at first because I felt it was grating a bit and you you could feel him straining to do it. watching it a second time
0: you forgave him
1: uh i'll go with it he's having so much fun daniel craig having a load of fun and it's wonderful so ensemble cast doing amazing stuff um i also once upon a time in hollywood i think is a a wonderful film in that it's fascinating it yet does very little it's just ambles along and you could just watch brad pitt drive around 60s hollywood for an eternity. It's, there's something appealing about that guy. Of course, Avengers Endgame, just for that sheer coming together of a plan and something that I would say, sure, maybe, just maybe, the makers of Star Wars should have had more of a plan when they went into these things. As much as I loved uh, Rise, of a, Sky- Rise of Skywalker.
0: No, Endgame was really good. I didn't like the pacing, but I loved the film overall.
1: I good. think... It, there are still moments watching it again and again on your left. Yeah, on your it's... left is a magical, magical moment that it's that everyone coming together to help thing that just sets a lump in your throat and you heats up your eyes. And yeah, it's, it's such a, a film of wonderful moments. If we're talking moments, Midsummer, because oh, oh yeah, actually, midsummer's on my list too. You managed to watch it? I saw it. Oh, wow.
0: I struck it out because I had too many, but it's, it's here too.
1: I'd say midsummer, especially, I'll say it again, the opening 10 minutes of Florence Pugh on the phone in which that girl acts everyone else in the entire history of the year's films off the screen. She's fantastic. In just one scene. And she shows how Marvelous. good acting
0: needs nothing else.
1: Why she's hooked up with Zach Braff, I do not know. The girl's <laughs> mad, but anyway.
0: Love is blind, I guess. Okay.
1: So, Anna, I'm going to get to the bad stuff now. Ugh. What films disappointed you most this year?
0: Honestly, these were not bad films, objectively. They were just films that I had much higher expectations of.
1: Okay. Um, as as yeah, still in the spirit of Christmas. Still a bit of warmth. There. Still generous. It's It's very parental. I'm not mad. I'm just... Really disappointed in you.
0: No, but to be fair, this year, I think I managed to skip most of the really terrible movies.
1: Yeah, so I wish I've, I could say I've that. Been,
0: yeah, I mean, other than, what, uh, Night Before Christmas? Honestly, there's been few other things that I've actually gone to see that I
1: the hated. The Night Before
0: Christmas. I'm sorry, your, your favourite film. Should have been on your best list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, So I, because I've avoided so many of the really bad films, I can only really give you the ones that I had hoped to get more out of. Well. The first one's Captain Marvel. Oh Crimea River.
1: <laughs> I've gotta say, Captain Marvel, when I realised it was from this year, it took me aback. Yeah, it fused it like those
0: ages ago. Huh? It's
1: from this year? It's crazy. Wow.
0: And it wasn't even that early this year too.
1: What else um, is on your worst? Oh sorry. What else are you not angry with? You're just disappointed.
0: Wow, that's snarky. No, it's like a parent, isn't it? I'm it's not true. angry
1: with you. I'm just very disappointed.
0: I wasn't excited by any of the Disney remakes this year. Aladdin, Lion King. Just as a big Disney fan growing up, I hoped for a lot more than what we got, I think.
1: Well, you've got Mulan coming up, so that should redeem. Hopefully. Again, Mulan looks like one that is not just slavishly recreating the animation. So there's some hope there. But yeah, Dumbo left me cold again. Oh, Dumbo. Uh, Anyway.
0: Yeah, and I think my third one... Which is a film that a lot of people loved, and I think it was well shot and it was well done, but I just found myself not loving the pacing, and that's Wet Season. Oh, it's a local okay. film, yeah. and I was really surprised that I didn't like it as much By, as I. By uh, Anthony Chen. Yep.
1: The Illo Illo director.
0: Former radio DJ.
1: Is he really? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. But yeah, no, it wasn't a bad film. It's just that when it comes to support, supporting local films, like I always have great, ex- like really high expectations, and then this one I just felt. It lacked something. There was something missing in it. It at some point it felt a bit almost too slow.
1: Well, uh, Singapore films seem to sit into some very siloed things. You either have a Jack Neo style comedy, or you have super serious H D B grief.
0: I, I don't think they're all like that. I really liked a Land Imagine from last year, so maybe oh, that's also why. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's also why I had such high expectations for wet season. But it wasn't bad, just yeah, I, want, I wanted a lot more from it.
1: A Land Imagined is on Netflix as well. Oh, is it?
0: Yeah. Cool, I'm, I'm going to rewatch that one. What about you? What are your most disappointing films of
1: 2019? Of course, there were plenty of bad films this year. I know plenty of people like Shazam. I didn't like it. I found it totally all over the place. Plot holes are plenty. wasn't particularly keen on the ending, but I couldn't say I was disappointed in it because I didn't really have a stake in it. Um, I did find that a lot of the... Entries into most disappointing were either franchise boosters or franchise launch pads. So, Lego Movie 2, the second part, I thought, I mean, if you can remember, that was actually earlier this year. There's a reason why it's almost forgotten now, because it just didn't have that verve for fun that the first one had. It lost its innocence somewhere, I guess. Both Hellboy and Brightburn actually suffer from that thing of having, or teasing, much greater adventures, but only at the very end. You know, otherwise you've got to sit through quite a a labored two hours or one and a half hours as though, hey, join us next time. Well, I don't think there's going to be a next time for them. Uh, I think also Men in Black International was hugely disappointing given the talent that's going on, given that you've got Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, the team up from Thor Ragnarok they basically went into it with no proper plot as you can tell by the plot holes no proper script as you can tell by the reliance on chris hemsworth to do his wittering chris hemsworth humor thing although i've got to say the timer on the tolerance for that kind of wittering thing it's almost running out most disappointing of all and this may shock some people but it's joker i know millions loved it but it just didn't work for me I so many issues with it not only because it's some wannabe edgelord trojan clown if you like it was a a story of a man's mental breakdown dressed up in dc properties it's it's the joker in name only it doesn't really have anything to do with the actual character there are some beautiful scenes it's got lovely cinematography but as a film coming together it takes far too long to get where it needs to it's another case of waiting for a film to make reveals that you had figured out much earlier and Without the courage of its convictions, because there's so many get-out clauses in what's in his head, his unreliable narrator status, you know, oh, it could be a dream, it could be a fantasy. Does it mean this? Does it mean that? Uh, No, not for me. A, a, A very hollow experience. Disappointing in so many ways.
0: So overall, did you feel like 2019 was a good year for film?
1: Towards the end, yeah. Actually,
0: weirdly, I feel like 2019 was really good for indie cinema. There's a lot of really good indie films that actually got mainstream traction. Okay. I feel.
1: Interesting. Okay, that was our review of the year. 2019, end of the decade as well. Wow. Wow. And because we didn't say it at the top of the show, I'm going to say it now. Do remember to step on the gas. Google, Apple, Spotify. Whichever one you're listening on, do like, rate, reviewers. Just take a moment. I know Christmas has gone by, but... Five stars in my little bowl would be so wonderful. Anyway, thank you for listening to us for this year. Do stick around with us for next year. Thank you, Suam, for joining me.
0: Thank you. It's been fun.
1: And until another double feature.
0: Bye. Happy New Year.
1: Yes, all the best for 2020. To you from us. Showbiz smiles, everybody. Eeeeee.
0: That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.